this, uh, your true worship is about God's nature and God's mighty acts and God's deeds. As we praise him, let's, uh, let's sing that again. Um, you are perfect in all your ways. Not, not how we see your ways, how we feel your ways are. We declare you are perfect in all your ways. You are wonderful. We worship you on your terms, almighty God, good, good Father, precious Jesus, glorious Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you that you work all things for the good of those who love you. Father, we thank you in advance for our return as a worshipping community in person. We thank you for what you're going to do and what you're going to reveal about yourself. We thank you, Jesus, that you never stop working. You never stop praying for us, your church. You never stop releasing your Holy Spirit to reveal yourself and to build your kingdom. Thank you that you promised to build your church in whatever time and season and whatever circumstance in such a way that even the gates of Hades wouldn't be able to stand against all that you're doing, all that you're growing, all that you're releasing. We honor you, we honor you, and we thank you in advance for all you're gonna do. Lord, as your church, as we come out, may you purify us. May you fill us with fire. May you clothe us in your glory. And may you use us to the ends of the earth. May you make us generous and patient and kind and compassionate. Lord, please send us to play our part for the rebuilding of communities, we pray. Get us ready, we pray, to serve our neighbor and to love them as we love ourselves. And may we, as our first commandment, love you deeper and deeper in response to the revelation of who you are. And we pray this in the precious name, the wonderful name, the most holy name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.
Amen. If you're standing at home, why don't you take a seat? Why don't you reach for your Bible? I'm delighted this morning. Our speakers, if you picked up the live chat, you'll know who they are. It's, um, it's our members of our clergy team. Let me say who they are. It's going to be Patrick, who was ordained as, our, as a curer, our part-time curer in September of 2020. It's Paddy, who is going to be ordained as full-time curer at the end of June in 2021 this year, uh, on Saturday the 26th of June, 3 <laughs> o'clock. Um, that's going to happen to Paddy. And it's Nick Graham-Smith, who has about 18 months left to run on his training. And in June 2022, he's going to be ordained. And him and Rachel and their lovely family are just working out. Uh, where they're going to serve as curate when he's ordained, but all that's to come. And what I've done this morning is I've asked the three of them to have a conversation. And it's a conversation introducing our theme and our teaching and our preaching for the next five weeks as we run into Easter and as we return from exile. Our theme is all about intimacy with God. You know, Jesus just modelled... Uh, restoring what human life was meant to look like. And he was utterly united and at one, and intimate, close, walking in step with his father. And hey, isn't that, isn't that what we want to be like? Isn't that maybe what we've missed? Isn't that where we want to grow deeper and deeper and deeper? And so what I've done is I've asked these three to just reflect on what they've been learning on some of their experiences from the past year uh, to just introduce this topic for us. Uh, and then next Sunday, we're going to get into that uh, and over the next five, uh, four or five weeks. So, um, so as they come now, I'm going to pray for them all. Thank you for Patrick. Thank you for Nick. Thank you for Paddy. Um, and Lord, as they share this morning, uh, we want to just be open to your word. We want to listen uh, not simply to them and their learnings, their experiences, their reflections. Uh, but we want to listen to you, Holy Spirit the one who guides us into all truth. So we open our hearts as they share with us this morning. Bless them, we pray, as they share. In Jesus' name, amen. Seamless. <laughs> Finding the right button. Oh. Good morning. Morning. I think you're all waiting for me. But, um, <laughs> yeah, we're waiting for Paddy. Paddy tells us what to do. <laughs> I think ultimately, as, as James has teed up, we just want to have a conversation. We want to um, inspire one another and inspire you guys and hopefully equip um, you guys to pursue intimacy with God a bit more. Um, I think when we, we're kind of going to tackle like a few questions, but really begin by, by saying like, what is intimacy? And, um, I don't think this has any like validity for like etymology, but I've heard someone once say like intimacy, you can break it down into, into me, you see, um, which I've always found useful. But it kind of does allude to the fact that when we talk about like intimacy with God, it's going to be somewhat uncomfortable. Um, we're like allowing God to, to look into us, ultimately. And it's going to raise some things. Um, 
So maybe a bit contrary to, to that popular C.S. Lewis quote about God um, like not being safe. I think when we talk about intimacy with God, it's ultimately often uncomfortable, but it's with God who is safe. Um, I think that's just like a useful framework, but particularly the fact that, that we're talking about intimacy with God from, from a church. We really want to be like, well, what does the, the Bible say about it? Um, and I'm like, Nick, you had some useful reflections. Oh, I love like, this topic so much. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, uh, well, I just have to get that off my chest. I just, this is my favorite thing to talk about because it has changed my life so much, the intimacy of God. But um, one thing I was thinking, okay, what's, what is intimacy? I think often when we think of intimacy, we think of like, particularly, oh, that's, that's for sex. That's for, you know, you know a, a married relationship maybe. And that's true. I, I think it's important to acknowledge, I, I mean, it's relational. It's like closeness in relationship. You can be distant or you can be close, and that's where intimacy happens. And, you know, you get that in a friendship even. And I know Mike Pilavanchi talks about that because he's single, um, uh, an old man who's single, and he experiences intimacy in, in friendship. And I love, in the Bible, it talks about David and Jonathan. Um, they have this incredible relationship, which is a bit like... Um, you know, in a man and a woman in a romantic relationship, it's that deep. Um, but then obviously there's the relationship between a father and a son or a, a father and a daughter. Um, and you have intimacy with that. I, I love my daughters intimately. And this morning when I was rushing out the door and my daughter Eva was crying her heart out, I was grieved to leave her. Um, but the thing that's really struck me in preparing and thinking about this is um, the intimacy, actually, there is an element to our relationship with God that is sort of like a, a marriage relationship. And um, we probably all know about that whole, you know, the church is the bride and Jesus is the, the bridegroom. And I, I had this incredible uh, sermon a long time ago that just blew me away, which just talked about how many of Jesus' sayings are re a reference to that Jewish um, marriage ceremony. And if you don't know Jewish context and Jewish culture, you just completely miss it. Um, so I'm just going to really quickly, like, just give you the, the nutshell, just a, a little taster, because it, I just think it so shows the intimacy that Jesus and God um, has or wants with us. So, um, so in a Jewish, um, sort of first century Jewish marriage ceremony, um, there's kind of four brief steps. There's, there's the betrothal, which is where the groom goes to the prospective bride, and so he leaves his father's house. You know, you're going to start seeing scripture already. He leaves his father's house and he goes to the bride and he pays a price to, to, to pay for her to, and to have her as his own and establishes a marriage covenant. And that is unbreakable. That is a, a, a bond, uh, a strong bond. And then he returns to his father's house and then uh, he builds onto his father's house this sort of room. He prepares a room, prepares a place for her that he's going to take her back to be. Um, with her intimately um, and they're there for seven days after, as, uh, as part of the ceremony and the interesting thing is the bride and the groom they don't know when this day is going to be the father sets the day uh, and so she's waiting, she's longing and um, the, so is the groom and you know, waiting till everything's ready so the time's right and then of course he goes, he collects her returns to the father's house, they celebrate wild celebrations um, for all that are invited and I just remember hearing this and, and all these little scriptures are going off that you know the, 
The son left the father to be with us. Um, and he paid the highest price for us. He, paid, he, he gave his life. He paid the highest price to be intimate with us, to have a, a marriage covenant. And, you know, we don't get that concept so well as, like, first century people did. But it, this is a, an unbreakable bond forever. Um, and then, you know, when Jesus said, my father's house has many rooms, I'm going to prepare a place for you. He's talking about marriage. He's just constantly going on about marriage to the disciples. And what I love is, I used to think, oh, the, the bride is the church, you know, that's everyone, all the Christians. Um, I can't really put myself in that position. But Jesus, when he says, I'm going to put a place for you, um, and when he says, um, yeah, when, about the day when uh, I come again, only the Father knows, he's talking to disciples, he's talking to people like you and me, and so he's saying the same, it's like, I, you are my bride, I love you, you know, you, whoever you are, and I'm longing for you. So that's just a little picture that's, you know, highlights this intimacy as, you know, God is a, we're friends with God, God is our Father, we know him as the Father, but actually there's an intimacy with our bridegroom, Jesus, that, that is available. That is amazing. I mean, <laughs> so I, I hadn't realized actually quite a lot of that, particularly the bit about the father is the one who says, okay, now, now is the time you're going to get married. I mm. didn't, didn't know that. And you're right. I, I mean, I know that Jesus used the imagery of marriage um, quite a lot. But when you explain it like that, you kind of see it everywhere. Yeah, and there's more. There's so much more that I could have mentioned, but let's have to do it on our own. That's our own homework, to <laughs> find it in Scripture. Um, well, the one thing, actually, that um, Philly actually talked about um, when I was, you know, talking to her about this stuff... Um, and it really struck me, and it's, it's more to do, I think, with feelings. And I'm actually going to a bit later talk about um, the opposing side of this. But most of us, at some point in our lives, have fallen in love. And so when, when we think about that moment, um, it's like, it's like uh, the person who you're in love with, um, you want to be with them all the time. When you're with them, it's like time has no relevance. It's, it's like it stands still. And before you know it, it's sort of four in the morning <laughs> and you've been talking for hours. And when you're not with them, they're all you can think about and you just want to be with them. And um, you recognize their smell, uh, the way they look, the color of their eyes, just everything, everything mm. about them. All your senses are sort of alerted to them. And um, I think it's kind of what you're saying, Nick, but, but that... I think, is a picture of the relationship of intimacy with Jesus mm. that Scripture is sort of encouraging us to go after and is possible. I don't know mm. that many people that have that sort of relationship with Jesus, but there are one or two, and it's compelling. Mm. It's really everything in me wants that kind of relationship mm. where every waking hour and even when i'm asleep you know mm. he's in my thoughts i'm in his presence so. that's good yeah so ultimately it's like intimacy with god it, it takes us from a place of of merely knowing about god and um this is from people who've spent far too much time just reading about old people writing about god so we know all about old that. people 
<laughs> in history. <laughs> Got you. Um, and intimacy takes us from merely knowing about God to actually knowing God. Um, mm. I think that's why there's such like a, a beauty of it. This like we want to pursue it. Um, but I think that's also why I said like it's a bit uncomfortable at times as well. Mm. Um, and just like adding on to to Nick's point about like where where we find it in in the Bible, um, Nick referenced so like in John's Gospel chapter fourteen. And if you just follow on for the next kind of four chapters, you, you read a lot of, in chapter 14 of, of, uh, of Jesus talking about like the, the father's house in, in John 15 is this amazing imagery of the vine. Um, it's all about being, being one, remaining, abiding. Um, and through like 16 and then into 17, you, you get a glimpse into Jesus's prayers. And um, so much of it is just, Jesus crying out to God the Father, being like, just as me and you are one, so may they be one. And mm. this oneness is such, um, just like a key theme in it. Mm. Um, I think you can't really overlook it. And, you, you know, talking about John, he clearly got this, didn't he? Had yeah. a, he understood, which is why he kept calling himself the one. <laughs> which he loved. It wasn't an arrogant no, statement. It shameless. Just... I love it. <laughs> but, um, but even in that, there's, there's an inherent pragmatism to to intimacy with god it's like it's useful to us um nick was sharing this quote about how all um fruitfulness flows from intimacy and um i've always been fascinated in in john 15 chapter 5 jesus makes this phrase and he says apart from me you can do nothing but it's really in the context of just urging people to remain and abide with god so actually, mm. with God, there's, there's so much fruitfulness that we can mm. um, tap into. So we've, we've kind of touched briefly on um, what intimacy is, but, but also just asking the question, like, why is, why is intimacy important to us here at Chanctonbury? Um, so I know, like, James, Jim, Lou, the team, they've been unpacking these five values we have, and I feel as though um, we're having a conversation. You could make a a very clear argument to why actually intimacy with God applies to all of these. All glory to God, heaven is here, revival starts with me, people are precious and to the ends of the earth. But um, mm. I think perhaps you're gonna to touch on one of them in particular. <laughs> well, it's the sort of heaven is here aspect. And I think probably another way one could say that is um, the finished work of the cross um, the resurrection, the ascension, and what that means for us. And um, I think this, this whole thing of intimacy, um, we have to understand where we sit in relation to heaven is here, the finished work of Jesus. Mm. And I love the fact that, uh, you know, in Ephesians, it, does, it describes Jesus as sitting mm. with the Father, and actually us sitting with him, but the, the fact that he's sitting sort of suggests job done. Mm. Now, we understand he's coming again for that completion, but in terms of what we have access to now and who we are now um, is huge. And if we, if we don't grasp the reality of that, we're always gonna live in less than. Mm. And I think one of the things that I've sort of discovered is that um, I don't know why it takes so long, but anyway, um, 
because Jesus says it, um, but if he is our aim in life, if, if, put aside ministry, put aside everything, if he is our one aim and goal, then everything flows from that relationship. Mm. And there's suddenly the striving, the worrying about being productive, whatever it is, disappears. And, and as you were saying, Paddy, it's that fruitfulness in you know, John 15. If you're grafted, if you understand, I am grafted into Jesus, literally part of him. He, in fact, says in John 14 and 17, he says, I'm in the Father, the Father's in me. We are in you, essentially. Actually, we've made our home in you. Mm. And I remember um, a couple of weeks ago, we were ministering to this, this guy, and he was, bless him, he was in a lot of pain. And, you know, when you're in pain, it's very loud. You can almost not hear anything else. And he was saying, I don't feel close to God. I never hear him. Jesus is far away. And I just said to him, actually, the, the truth is, he lives inside you. It, the reality, he couldn't be closer to you mm. if he tried. Mm. And I think that's the thing. Heaven is here. It's a big deal to get, understand what that means because it releases us into that place of, mm. I can really be in that place of intimacy mm. with Jesus, with the triune God, because he's made his home in me. Mm. And then I do believe we can live in that place. Mm all the time all the time and as I, you're going to touch on this i think a bit <laughs> later but you know there are a few people that just they would rather they well i think james lewis probably some of them but you know they don't want to be anywhere else and, yeah. that, and that's where mm. they live and i'm on the journey towards that mm. I, i'm envious for it i love that i you know as you're talking about it, it's like why would we not want that in a sense like obviously you know we're talking about the, just being with Jesus with God is he's he's the most wonderful person why would we not want to be close to him but also what you're saying about you know all fruitfulness flows from intimacy it's like everything we do you know whether whether it's work or loving our families or anything if if that all flows from a place of being loved then then it just makes everything so much easier. So it takes the striving out of it, you know. And I guess the hard thing is, is what, like our world and culture teaches, you need to work hard, you need to learn, you need to get better, you know, which we do. But actually, if the primary way that we love other people is by being loved, you know, we love because God first loved us. It's just a receiving, and then, you know, it's that picture of overflow. Like, we just give out of overflow. It just overflows out of us. Um, but I think there's that... that like I say, that nature, which we just constantly want to do it ourselves. And, and I think that then reminds me of this thing we often forget, which is um, when we give our lives to Jesus, there is a death that mm. needs to occur mm. within us, isn't there? And, and sometimes that's scary, that, that, those sort of thoughts of actually dying to self. Mm. But it's in that place that the life abundant comes, isn't yeah. it? And it's where Paul, um, in uh, Galatians 2.20, talks about, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And, and this bit, this life I live in the flesh, this life I live in this body, on the earth now, I live by faith mm -hmm. in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself all. So we've got to understand mm -hmm. and somehow learn how to die well 
and not drag our old selves mm. back into this abundant life that really comes out of dying. Yeah, that's good. It's a weird thing, isn't it? <laughs> Gosh. I hope like people are, are making notes because all these little, little references to, to passages, um, there's such as like a wells of a, um, just like revelation to tap into, just mm. to go back and, and read these passages. Um, next thing to talk about is actually what has intimacy with God looked like for us? Um, kind of, there's almost a bit of like a caveat in saying actually these are, these are personal experiences, they, they vary, um, they're different, they're different perspectives, but that's not to say there's like a relative truth to it. Um, I know I keep stealing like Nick's lines, but we were, we were talking the other day. Stay good, that's why. And, they're um, not my lines, so I stole them. <laughs> but he was just reminding us actually like we're all distinctly different and we connect with God in different ways. So just as um, like Nick's a musician, and, like through music's just like a gift of God that he's given us. And for me, like being outdoors, um, masochistic runner I am, like that's where I meet God and find his joy. But um, yeah, these experiences are different, but it's always the same God. That's good. Um, Patrick, you're going to kick us off with our experience. Um, I guess where I, I would start is, I mean, I don't know if you guys realize this, but uh, I'm a little bit older than these two. I know it comes as a shock. But, you know, when I was at school, um, corporal punishment was still the thing. And I, I was, uh, there was this gym shoe called Bessie, size 14. And I, my backside was quite well acquainted with uh, <laughs> Bessie. So... But the interesting thing about that is it's a kind of a different era. So <clears throat> what that kind of teaches you is, you know, this, the curse, the English curse of this stiff upper lip, mm. hide your emotions, particularly if you're a man, lock it down. And, you know, it was sort of, it was a statement of pride when you went in and you were getting whacked, that you, no emotion and, at the end of it, thank you, sir. I do go out. And it's wow. just weird when you think about it. But, you know, you bring that into life. So this whole thing of intimacy, mm. that's just an anathema. It's just, it's just... So, you know, for many, many years, um, personally, I didn't really engage with my own emotions. I didn't really know what they were. I mean, mm. Philly is, has been so long-suffering, but... She would often say, what are you feeling? What are you thinking? Genuinely, I didn't know. Mm. And so I couldn't express it. And she's somebody who likes to be hugged. Well, I'm not, I wasn't a touchy person. So I've told this story before, but if she wanted a hug, she would literally have to lift my arms over her shoulders. She said it was like hugging an ironing board. <laughs> she's married to a blooming ironing board. Come on. Um, so... You know, there's probably other people out there of mm. a certain generation and gender who are going, yeah, I, that resonates. Mm. But what I know is that there's a work that he does, if we're open to it, mm. that does change that. And I am a profoundly different person mm. to that person. Yeah. Um, that said, <clears throat> I know you're going to talk about some amazing stuff, Nick, but... 
you know, I know that there's a place I want to get to in intimacy with mm. Jesus and my wife and those around us, um, which is different to where I am today. For me, I think one of the keys, because of this, um, you know, the, the sort of the feelings thing and the emotions, etc., cetera, are not as free as they could be, what I have to do is look at the truth. Mm. So if scripture is the word of God and it's true, and Jesus is the living word, what are they saying together? Mm. And how's that going to change me? And so I kind of have a decision in my mind. And at various stages in my life, they have been decisions to change the way I think in order to change my behavior. So mm. choosing to believe what's written there, what Jesus speaks, and then allowing that to, mm. to change me, rather than relying on um, how I might be feeling at any given point. So quite often I might feel, I don't hear anything, I'm not feeling anything, I don't, what's this intimacy nonsense, I don't get it. But if I look at the truth and choose to engage with it, then that begins to bring transformation. Does that make sense? Yeah, so good. Oh, you feel like you give a whole week of teaching on like what you just talked we about. Yeah, oh, wait, we're doing it. Oh, woohoo. Just the first one. <laughs> um, I mean, I really relate to that as well. Absolutely, the, the power of truth to change my mind, to change my internal world, that then cha changes my experiences, my emotions, everything. For me, there's this really important, like, holding both truth and scripture and experience. And I think you can do both badly. I think you can sort of say, I'm just all truth, I don't do experience, and then sort of shut the door to meeting with the person of God, which, you know, he's a person. We, we, he talks, he's, you know, we listen to him, we, we can feel him sometimes, and we want, to, we want the whole thing, don't we? Uh, and then similarly experience, like you said, you can, you can rely so much on experience that actually you're you're um, totally dependent on your experience and your relationship with God, which we shouldn't be. Our relationship with God is constant regardless of our experience. And like you said, our emotions don't match up a lot. Um, for me, there has been a lot of experience which has then changed the truth in me and changed me as a person. And I think um, experience teaches us to learn a lie or a, tru or a, a truth statement. You know, if we've been loved all our days by a loving father... Like, you just naturally, through that experience, you have an internal truth, internal thing, and your head says, Father is loving. So when you come to God the Father, there's no problem with that. Whereas if you've never been loved by a father, um, that's a hard one, you know, to engage. And God can change that through, you know, through scripture, through, there's different ways, I think. Um, so, and so for me, you now, I think back about intimacy. I think, um, I, I really came back to God when I was 18, and for about five years, I didn't realize how distant God was. You know, I only realized, looking back um, for me, how I felt, how distant I felt he was. You know, I was going to church every week and small groups and conferences and all sorts of stuff. And I knew in my mind, God is, he loves me, we're close, da, da, da. But it wasn't, I, I remember quite profoundly this, like, prayer session I had. It was called Sozo, it's this like, inner healing prayer thing. And... As part of it, they kind of ask you at the beginning, um, or can, can go like this, you know, um, imagine or see, can you see God the Father? And, and my kind of mental picture was him like on a throne, 
you know, big, but quite distant, actually. Um, and I was like, that matches scripture, God on the throne. Anyway, as part of this, this prayer ministry, I ended up kind of remembering something I needed to forgive my dad for. And for me, my parents separated. You know, that's a really traumatic thing for my life. And there's a lot of forgiveness that you need to go through. And we all, we all need to forgive. You know, it happens all the time, things we need to forgive people of. But this is something I need to forgive my dad for. I forgave him in the process of that prayer and then went back to this picture of God. And then suddenly, he wasn't this distant on a throne. He was like up front in front of me with his arms around me. And so that's quite, you know, for me, that was a, a really quick change. Um, and, and I think over the course of my Christian walk with God, and we're all at different stages, like you were saying, Patrick, um, that there have been a lot of experiences, encounters with God. You know, for me, like Paddy, you said, like, it's often in worship, you know, songs, you know, Good, Good Father. I heard that song a lot, but there was one time, I don't know why, I was sitting in my living room, song came on, and suddenly it was like this truth of these words went into my heart and burst in my heart, and I was weeping. And it's suddenly like I felt the Father's love as I heard that song. And I've, heard, I've had that in many times, particularly in those songs about being intimate with God. Like, God, I just, I, don't, I want nothing else. I just want you. And um, there's quite a lot of good songs out there that work, work for me. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think both is important. The truth of Scripture, the experience of meeting with God and, and the presence of God. Um, it's, you encounter Father, encounter Son, Holy Spirit. Um, what I love about what you've just said is what it shows is there isn't a formula. Yeah. It's the relationship, isn't it? It's all yeah. about that. Totally. I think I'd, I was going to say Paddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I probably, even like my, I don't know, made like brief notes, but it's just like, just like the highs and lows of our relationship with God. Um, I was sharing with these guys the other day, I, became a Christian when I was 20, and then about six months later, I'd planned to, to go traveling as a young 20, 21-year-old does, trying to find themselves. So I went to Thailand, and um, I was by myself, and um, amidst like six months just being scooped up by this amazing, loving Christian union at my uni, um, like we'd meet, pray, worship together so frequently, um, I, it was that time when I was by myself with like no other Christians that I had I hadn't felt closer to God than I had in that period of about six weeks. Um, it was just a time when, like, God spoke to me so clearly. It was like walking down the road and being able to have a conversation with him. I'd read the Bible and just it would come to life and burst out of the page. Um, I remember just coming back so encouraged, like, in my own faith, um, so encouraged by who God was, like, who he was um, constantly, like, affirming me to be, like, transforming lies of my past, maybe. Um, mm. I remember coming home and just suddenly that, like, vanished. And I was just like, where are you, God? Um, I remember I, I grew up with, um, there's a bunch of Christians I grew up with, and they, um, they put up with my, um, like, persecution of them, seemingly. Um, I remember, like, catching up with one of them, and I was just like, I was so close to God when I was in Thailand. Like, why can't I connect with them here? And her, she just had to kind of, like, metaphorically slap me around the head and call me silly and just be like... It was this moment of, like, experience when experience meets truth, and she was just like, the God who you were so close with in Thailand is the same God that is here with you today. 
and is like still here with you. Um, and just knowing that actually like our feelings, there is like a, a highs and lows and there's times when you engage more with the experience and other times you engage more with, with the, the truth of it. And um, I think what's that kind of, what's that, what that has looked like more recently is um, like when Sarah and I uh, were trying to have a baby, trying to conceive, it wasn't straightforward. And over the years, it, um, it was painful. Um, but really, like, I couldn't help myself. I couldn't look after myself. And, and recognizing, having experiences of God with me. Um, I remember like one, one miscarriage that, that we had, just like probably most likely weeping, like turning to God. And the vision I had was just him like next to me sharing the box of tissues. God wasn't distant, um, <laughs> like just handing me the tissues. Um, it wasn't this like stiff upper lip, like, come on, stop being a princess, like get on with it. But like it moved God's heart enough that, that he was like sharing that experience with me. Um, it also just like affirmed the truth that like God wasn't denying children mm. from us. Um, it was breaking his heart just as much as ours. Mm. And um, so intimacy enabled us to, to mourn and like go through the struggles with God. And, mm. and now so our daughter's about nearly a year and a half old. But it's with that intimacy with God, being able to, to celebrate the highs of it um, with God as well. Um, just constantly recognizing the gift she is, um, being able to thank God, like growing in it. Um, Yes, intimacy is, is there in like both sides of it. It's in your yeah. celebrations and your, your deepest sorrows. So good. Um, yeah. So good. Uh, so yeah, it's kind of we maybe come into land a bit. <laughs> I have to like gather myself now. <laughs> um, but we, we said we wanted to, to inspire one another. We wanted to inspire the church. But we also wanted to equip the church. So what can we be doing uh, to experience, to, to step into more intimacy with God? Um. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, it kind of follows on from what we're talking about, doesn't it? And in, in my experience, there's been a lot of getting the junk out <laughs> before getting the good stuff in. And I, I kind of imagine it a bit like, you know, this, the love of God is a bit like, you know, something he pours into us. But sometimes we can just have this block um, or like what I find quite another helpful analogy is like the image of a wall we put up when we get hurt in life um, you kind of put up a wall that's kind of like our coping mechanism so if you're you know if you're wanting to connect with God as a friend for example like an in experience that intimacy is of the friendship of Jesus it's like if you've been scarred or hurt by a friend and you put a wall up you know it's like a way of protecting yourself from being hurt again by a friendship a friend type, type um, person and I think that could go, be the same for family, you know, if we've, we you know, need to forgive someone in our family or, um, or even a spouse or a romantic relationship we've had. Um, sometimes I find that that can remove this block and suddenly the truth of God's love goes like past our heads and we, you know, into our hearts. And, um, you know, so I've found there's been a lot of <laughs> forgiving, and not just forgiving, but getting the lies out of my um, about who God is, because you just pick up so many lies about who God is, and um, again, through for me, it's through experience. You know, I, I didn't realize how much 
like I had this, um, you know, people call it religious spirit, you know, religious, and I mean by that, you know, like the Pharisees, you know, they're all about religion, doing the right thing, but totally missing the heart of God. And I, I remember I went to this um, sort of ministry school in Africa for two months, and when I got there, like these people were like, I went because I, I was so excited to encounter God, but, you know, for the miracles that I knew were happening there, I read books about it. I got there and everyone was like, Jesus, I love you, my bridegroom. I want to be close to you. Put my little head on your lap. And, you know, I was just like, wow, this is so awkward. And I didn't realize, like, this part of me was like, you can't do that. You know, that's just God. You've got to be dignified, you know. Um, and this, this sort of mushy, you know, <laughs> emotional love. And I had to get set free of that, of this, this you know, experience. I think I had experienced sort of, you know, religious mindset. You have to do the right things and, you know, you can't just be close to God and receive his love. So, yeah, that, and that's happened through forgiveness. It's, it's happened through just believing the truth and um, repenting of the lies. Um, yeah, that's just one thing that's been important for me. I just remember you, Nick, saying the other day that one of the things you found really helpful was um, the journaling thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So in the same school, you know, I, so I got there, like, a bit, bit weirded out by this intimacy of God, which was one of the main themes of this school, really. And um, they, the first thing they taught us to do was to journal with God. And not just, like, write to God. The important bit was actually writing what he says back. Um, and so really it was just write out whatever is on your heart, just write a letter to God on, on paper, and then put pen to paper and then just write what comes back. And, you know, straight away I'm thinking, I struggle with hearing God's voice, and I was like, oh, does God speak in that way? I get, I get hearing through scripture, but, you know, and I was just doubting already, you know, will God speak? I'm not sure about this. And, but I just did it <laughs> out of faith. Um, out of obedience, really. This is what we were all doing. And I remember just, you know, and they gave us really helpful advice. Just don't think twice about it. Don't worry, is it me speaking? Is it God? Just, just write what you hear. Just write, write what comes. And I just put pen to paper and I started writing. And I, well, this stuff started coming out that I, I was started weeping. I, I, it wasn't me speaking. It was like I was hearing God speaking like, Nick, I love you. I've known you since the day you were born. I've loved you before before you were born, da, 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 and I've had this plan for you, and I did it, I knew this was coming, and I was just weeping, like, you know, tears soaking into the paper, and I remember that my friend Sebastian, same thing, German guy, about my age, struggled with this whole connecting with God emotionally, and I looked over at him, and he's weeping as well, he also doubted God spoke to him, and it was just a really practical thing that I, helped me, especially, um, you know, because I get distracted so easily. When you have pen to paper, you have to write something, otherwise you have a blank page. <laughs> so that I find really helpful. I don't do it religiously, I don't do it every day, but I, I, I do that sometimes as a way of hearing God's voice, and that I think is a really important part of being intimate with God, is hearing his voice. I'm going to give that a go. Yeah. <laughs> Nick kind of talk, touched on, like, letting go of things. Um like in a in tune with a season of Lent like giving things up but a big part of Lent is also like picking things up as well I don't know you were going to touch on what what we then fill ourselves with yeah I mean I kind of mentioned it earlier but um, for me I uh, uh, this thing of recognizing truth and feeding on it 
is is um, a big thing. And um, you know, Romans 12, where Paul talks about being transformed by the renewal of our minds, and um, that that word for uh, mind also mean, it does mean intellect and understanding, but it also means um, imagination. So if we can change just sort of what's going on in our, our thinking, our imaginations, what we're sort of, because we can very easily get ham, hamstrung by that um, and, and align our imaginations and our thoughts with truth, which we see in the word, which we see in the life of Jesus. I think that's just help, really helpful as well. Um, and then hopefully the, the feelings flow, <laughs> redeemed feelings. Yeah. yeah. I think I'd probably give the, the unpopular um, answer to this. And people will throw around words like a rule of life or spiritual disciplines. And, and they sound really either like boring or archaic or just like religious. But, um, but essentially just the notion they're trying to get at is just intentional practices um, in which we're merely imitating the lifestyle of Jesus. Um, all these like disciplines, um, you can just re- like see Jesus doing them throughout scriptures. Um, so yeah, like even as Nick like shared that story about whether it's journaling, whether it's putting time aside um, to read the Bible, to to pray, to and that everyone's embraced the activity of walking, um, but just like walking without a podcast or without music or without a friend in which you're actually just making space for Jesus to be your walking buddy that day. Um, it's just being a bit more um, intentional to, to engage with them, just recognizing just all, this, all the plates that everyone has to spin, um, all the things going on in life. Like Sometimes it doesn't happen just spontaneously. Um, you ask anyone for marriage advice, and everyone's like, well, make sure you have like a date night and like, specific and it's just the mm. same thing with God just making intentional time it's mm. just because you've told people and told God that you're going to set aside like 6 till 6.30 on a Tuesday morning that doesn't like take away any of the mm. <laughs> um, God's not going to find that offensive mm. yeah. I think uh, this is always the danger isn't it of having a chat is you go on way too long um, but I think Paddy you're heading off to lead some ministry via zoom and uh so nick and i will just pray for for you guys uh as um paddy goes off to do that uh that Mm. sounds like a good plan yeah and i think this is really the the most simple thing we can do especially if you struggle with the whole thing of intimacy just say god i want to be intimate with you will you help me because or if you, you find intimacy weird i want to want intimacy with you he knows our struggles so God's yeah. God at the end of the day it's the God the one that enables us to be intimate with him in the first place so yeah yeah and as Paddy was saying you know whether we're in the car or whatever it's a great opportunity just mm. to have that space and time isn't it yeah okay should we why don't we stand and yeah <laughs> just uh, release yeah you might want to stand at home as a way of engaging. You're just saying, God, I want, I want to be intimate with you. I'm rising to this occasion. This is a moment. This is a time now where we can step into greater intimacy with him. Wherever you're at, he knows where you're at. There's no judgment where you're at. Just an invitation to greater intimacy with him.
You might want to open your hands, open your heart. God, we thank you that you are, you are a safe God. As Paddy said earlier, you are safe. We can, we can be vulnerable with you. We're not going to be hurt here today. And we pray, Holy Spirit, come. Come now, wherever we are. Help us to open our hearts to you. And God, we just say, from our heart to yours, God, we want to know you more. Like the psalm says, our, our soul cries out for you like a deer pants for water. We long for you. Whether we really realize it or not, we deeply long for you. The deepest part of us needs you. And we thank you that scripture makes it clear you long for us. You long for us like a father. You long for us like a, a, a bridegroom longs for his bride. And we thank you, God, that you are with us now. So we just pray, God, would you reveal your love to us in a greater measure? Hmm. Yeah, and Lord Jesus, we just thank you that you, as a human being who laid aside all his divine attributes, showed us how to live intimately with the Father, showed us how to live intimately with each other. And we just ask now, Holy Spirit, that you would come into every house, just touch every person right now and uh, on the Zoom and bring fresh, deep revelation of both truth and encounter of the God, the triune God, who desires to be in intimate relationship with each one of us. And in that place, we move into becoming the people he always intended us to be. And all the attributes of... Um, being seated with Jesus in the heavenly realms, flow from us in this earthly realm. That we know who we are, we knows, know whose we are, and we are a blessing wherever we go because we're in constant abiding, constant communion with you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. The intimacy and sorry, the intimacy, the encounter um, and ministry time, the intimacy time, um, which Paddy will have going now. Um, just seek him, seek more, seek him in your day. He's there for you. <laughs> Amen.